She's Katie. He's Ben. And she's Holland. Holland is back with us. Holland. Hey! (laughs) Welcome back, Holland. I'm so excited to talk about Jax. Yeah. We're so excited to have you. We are. We're definitely excited to have you with our so many opinions here for the season finale of season one. Before we um, get too deep into this, can I make a, a suggestion? You may. I think that we need to institute a new category. Okay. Cringiest moment of the episode. Ooh, okay. <laughs> I agree. Thanks, uh, yeah. Holland. I'm down for that. All right, great. I'll add it to the to the very end. <laughs> Scene one, dog spa, Stassi Wait a minute. Are what? you going to read the Wikipedia? Oh, I forgot. Yes, I do need to read the Wikipedia. My bad. I got all excited about all the, the shenanigans. It is a very exciting episode. Episode eight of the first season of Vanderpump Rules, entitled Last Call, originally aired February 25th, 2013. Lisa organizes a sexy photo shoot for the staff of Sir, bringing everyone together for an explosive season finale. Sheena attempts to win back Lisa's respect after storming out of her VIP dinner. After a summer bitter fighting, Kristen and Stasi try to bury the hatchet, and the truth is finally revealed about the rumors surrounding Jax. <laughs> okay. So, scene one, dog spa, Stasi and Jax. Stasi and Jax shopping together. They are, and it seems so blissful for about a minute and 45 seconds. <laughs> It's like they're trying to like train themselves to get back into their relationship, possibly. Well, and Saucy seems- just ends up <laughs> yeah. criticizing. Uh, it was so great because you're right; it does seem like that, and it's like Jack's all like, "It's like dating the new girl again. It's all fresh and and everything, and we've been spending some time together for the last week." Which, by the way, a week does not a relationship make. Maybe in Jack's Taylor land, but. In Jax Taylor time, it seems like it's like a week, and then like we're gonna talk about getting married. Well, to, to be to, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but to be fair to Jax, he did go from multiple bathrooms across the state to nothing for a week. Yes, Jax is um, <laughs> he's uh become a monk. Yeah, he's all, Jax Taylor. All backed up, Jax Taylor. So he's he's going to therapy and he's trying to do everything right. And, you know, he brings the old dog, whatever that dog's name is. Right. I don't know it's a forgettable ever... dog, I feel like. Is yeah, I don't know that we ever, yeah, maybe, I don't know. Did I don't know if they ever said the name. I know the name of the other dog, but I don't know. Alan, do you remember the name of the dog that Jax takes back? Nope. <laughs> Honestly, I like watching the, it's been a minute since I watched this season and they, you, they do like write the extended last week on Vanderpump at like at, for the season finale. Cause you know, they got to like show you everything that has happened the entire season. And I was like, damn, I forgot how like much wild shit happens this season. I was like, Laura Lee totally forgot about her. Yeah. I think Stassi would be very happy to hear that, but like, <laughs> I was like, oh, right. She's a heavy presence in the series for at least, like, a third of it. For, like, a half second, I would say. (laughs) 
Yeah, it just might be because her voice is so loud and so grating that she just <laughs> seems like she's there a lot more than she ever needed to be. Well, but, you know, also, drama. She, she, like, really makes the most of her time on screen. Well, unlike our boy Frank, she wasn't camera shy. No. And actually had a personality. It just an annoying one. And I actually felt sorry for her, unlike I did for Frank. Yes. Did you guys talk about, um, oh, well, okay. This is, like, slightly spoilerish territory, but did you talk about, like, the repercussions of Frank in the future of Stassi's life? No, because I actually don't even really remember them. Um, okay, this is, like, I, either a season two or season three spoiler, kind of. Um, Cover your ears, Ben. I can I can refrain from this discussion until it is time, but it's it's I just I have no idea where you're going. I, I'm I'm fascinated. Okay, so Frank. Uh, okay, I learned this from listening to Stassi's book. Oh, <laughs> so which was surprisingly lacking in the Vanderpump Rules drama. Which okay, you know she's trying to like establish her brand outside of that. So I get it. I was it, the and the book wasn't didn't say it was going to be full of drama from Vanderpump. So, you know, it gave me what it offered. I was still just a little bit like, I wish there'd been more. But the thing I did learn, Soxie's, Stassi's sex tape scandal, that's Frank. What? Yeah. We talked about that off air. Okay, yeah. Yep. Oh, we did. That's right. I've already yeah. put it out of my... I hate Frank so much that I've already watched that image for my... Yeah. My brain. <laughs> Yeah, he's um an unpleasant human being. Sure. The worst kind of douche bro. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. I just the, the, the discussion of board penis that we described in two episodes ago or something. <laughs> <laughs> um Anyways, but as, on the mention of unpleasant secondary characters we had to deal with in the show in the first season, that was something that that was my like big revelation from Stassi's book was that the sex tape was uh the tape she made with Frank, and Frank was the one who blackmailed her about it. Wow. Just to make you like... Like him even less? I'm sorry, Holland. Right, yeah, no. To make him more of a terrible person. That's him. Yeah. Well, see, that's what... I, I don't think Laura Lee is a terrible person, uh, but I... Frank is obviously one. So, you know, Jax is all being considerate for Jax Taylor, and then, like, the Val Grimmers... Yes. Like, He's trying to say all the right things. Yeah, really. he is. And I was like, I'm going to therapy to be with you. And I was like, that's the wrong reason to go to therapy to just be with somebody. But whatever. At least you're going to therapy. Um, and then, like, the dog drama starts. Because the, the dog that was either her dog or his dog when they broke up is now back in her arms. And she's like, He's gotten so fat. And she's like, Well, the groomer says she's not fat. Well, she doesn't know how big she was before you took her to Laura Lee's. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna have to get her a new collar because I'm gonna be damned if I let her wear anything that that whore got her. <laughs> Saucy is not having anything to do with Laura Lee in her life. That girl no. is dead to her. No. <laughs> I wish you all could see Holland's reactions right now. Her face is <laughs> incredibly expressive and it's amazing. <laughs> yes, it's a very expressive face. I do. Yeah. And so we get all this, and Jack's just like, but we've been hanging out for four days, and I thought it was going somewhere. And she's like, dude, it's going to take a lot more than four days. And he yeah, just I mean, can't seem to grasp the concept. 
Jax, like you're lucky if Saucy will take you back in six months to a year. Yeah. Well, and what I'm, so I just had this thought literally right this moment, but I, it's funny because I wonder how much of Jax's complete lack of understanding about how time actually works um, is in part informed by the fact that, right, this is the season finale, so they're close to the end of filming, and all of them would have known that. So I wonder how much of this was Jax trying to pull the, like, well, I want this to be, like, a happy ending arc at the end of this. Like, I want us to get back together by the end of filming, so that way we can have this moment. And when that doesn't happen, I feel like Jax then tries to, like, go a different direction, which yeah, we'll talk about. Yeah, the opposite direction. <laughs> I think you guys are giving too much credit. Everything. <laughs> I mean, I I don't think Jax is smart, but I do think Jax, Jax was made, if, if you imagine Jax right now, right, who's 33 years old in this episode, like, he's tried the acting thing, it didn't work out, he got screwed over a whole bunch by Hollywood, which is what they all say, but like, he, I think by this point would have realized that he was made for reality TV, he and Sassy sh share that factor, um, and so I, I kind of wonder if it seems like that would be too smart for Jax, but I think also Jax, because of how he's like so crazed over this fact that like, like, you know, it's been four days, but like, we should be back together by now. I'm kind of like, even for Jax, that's Jax who hates commitment, right? Who like spends all of his relationship with the women in like, you know, the later seasons trying to avoid commitment from them. Um, it seems a little out of character that he would be so intent on getting back with Stasia in such a short amount of time. And I kind of wonder if it's because he wanted to have that redemption arc. I mean, that's a possibility. I, I personally don't buy it. I honestly do just think it's, he's not used to focusing all of his attention on somebody and it taking this long. I kind of think that both things could be true. I think Holland has a point because I think as the seasons progress, we will kind of start to see that I think Jax amplifies his bad behavior for the cameras. Yes. It gets him <laughs> it gets him screen time on the show when his screen time starts to like to wane. Absolutely. So, so maybe Jax is smarter than he looks. I don't know. Maybe we are giving him too much I mean, credit. I, I will die in the camp that you're giving Jax Taylor too much credit. But anyway, um, so the scene basically ends with Jax going, I'll do literally anything to get with you. And she's like, okay, whip out your wallet. And he's like, well, I just gave you $100. What happens to it? And Stasi smiles an evil smile and kind of laughs maniacally. Or maybe she only did that part in my head. I don't know. But she did I mean, smile kind of, evilly. Yeah, but... You know two. what? Oh, go ahead. Oh, yes. No, 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 never mind. I, I, you know, I think Stassi should work her evil powers over Jax for as long as she can. For real, yeah. Scene two, sir. Laura Lee is handing in her napkin that she wears as a dress at work. <laughs> and she, she gives it to Lisa and she's like, I'm quitting. And Lisa's like, what? And she's like, but it's only because I got a movie. And I, I booked a movie and my ass is, Arkansas ass is out of here. She booked a movie with Jennifer Aniston. Which yeah. movie? None of us know. I looked it up once. Okay, yes. sorry. Okay, so it is, to Laura Lee's credit, it was a legitimate film. It was, I don't remember the name of it, but it's that 
movie with Emma Roberts when she's got black hair with like the, and Jennifer Aniston where it's like this guy like pays a bunch of people to pretend to be his family and they are in like an RV. Like I think it's called like the RV. Oh, I know like what you're talking trip? about. Yeah. Um, oh, what is that movie called? Yeah, I've seen that movie. Wow. Yeah, that is the movie. Way to go, Laura Lee. What happened to her acting career after that? I, I think she was in a couple more things. Um, when I watched this season, when I was doing my binge watch a while ago, I looked it up because I was curious. Because I was like, who on earth would give her a part with that voice? No offense. Actually, full offense, Laura Lee. Your voice is really grating. Um, but yeah, it was like a legitimate film. It wasn't like mm, Lala's like film, which was a, you know, D-rated horror film that was so bad it wasn't even camp bad. It was just atrocious like yeah she was in a legitimate movie uh we not an oscar winner but a movie yes we're the millers yes i actually liked that movie way to go laura lee she's actually had an acting credit pretty much every year uh, excluding 2017 wow she's hustling so you know let's not count her out I think she's one of the only Sir people that I know of that has ever been on that show that has actually gone on to have a legitimate career. Like, I think most of the other, like, want, like famous wannabes that have worked at Sir, even, like, secondary characters, it's like they've all burnt out after Sir and now just have, you know, 2,000 followers on Instagram and say, you know, here's my SoundCloud link. Holy and shit, she, like, was, uh, she has two assistant directing credits, too. Wow, Laura Lee. Well, if your, you know, your stardom wasn't meant for, for Vanderpump, we, at least you've done well for yourself outside of it. Good for you. I mean, even she said she was going to make something of herself, and she did. Even though Holland and I both hate her voice. You know, but some, clearly, clearly there's a market for it. And can I, can I nominate for most cringiest moment this episode? The moment when Laura Lee goes to Lisa and is like, I'm quitting. Which just felt so painfully scripted. I was like, again, how did you get an acting job? <laughs> that's, that's my nomination. Uh, no, I, I got a movie. Okay, Laura Lee, tone it down. <laughs> well, Laura Lee, <laughs> are you playing anything more than bit parts? Like, are you anything more than a day player? We'll see. Hey, man, $2,000 a day. You can be a day player all day long. All right, fair enough then. I'm yeah, I mean, she's making more money probably than I am, but I mean, it's fine. Same here. <laughs> ben, ben has been really in, in LL's corner. The, the whole uh, I, I feel for little Miss Arkansas and her math addiction <laughs> trying to I, overcome. Which, I, you know, I'm giving Laura Lee a lot of shit. But I will say, it is, to be one of the only people to get an actual acting profession after this is no small feat because that's not common for reality stars like her. And it is empowering to have, you know, somebody who's overcome a serious level of, you know, hard drug addiction go on and do good things. So, you know, genuinely good for her. Yeah, good for However, you, However, her, her time in Vanderpump Rules was not short enough. <laughs> Agreed. It's like every time I rewatch this season, I find her more grating every time. I think the first time I watched, I was like, oh... Poor Laura Lee, and and every time I go back, I'm just like, oh, can you just get out of here? Like, <laughs> she lacked the tact for reality TV. Yeah, and in yeah. a way that was not entertaining. I found it very entertaining. <laughs> Ben's gonna like start a petition to get Laura Lee back on the show. That's fine. You know what? I mean, no, I'm not. But that's okay. <laughs> she deserves better than this show. 
I agree with that. Yeah. Um, scene three, band practice. Just a mm. bullshit thing. Just to remind us that Tom does other stuff. LOL. Tom yeah. has a career. LOL. <laughs> Kristen calls Tom. And I'm just, I'm trying to stress you out. And basically, this is her just talking about, well, I think it's time that me and Stasi make up. Because, now see, here is where I do think it is. The season's almost over. And, you know, I need to reconcile with Stasi, especially since all the people that the auxiliary drama about are gone. So there, there is not a hill for me to die on at the moment. So I need to get back with the person who's going to be on next season. <laughs> so I can continue to remain relevant. Sure. Yeah. Don't worry. Kristen is really going to, she's really going to earn her place in this show for good or for ill. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I'm sort of in the camp of like, I don't know if Kristen is smart enough to make moves like that. I actually no. think, I think Kristen's biggest issue is she is a, like, crony to the max. She will roll herself through filth just to be in the good graces of whoever she deems to be in power. And I think that for her, maybe, you know, maybe less so at Sir, more just in the context of the show, is I think that she still thinks see Stasi as her queen bee and so you know will drive herself nuts over the fact that she's not in Stasi's good graces not because of a friendship thing but because of a power thing yeah no well I agree with that and that that's why I think it's uh because it's it's clear to see I think it would be very clear to see for anybody who was there who was going to be featured the next season oh yeah so um, this is where we also get to see Stasi find out that LL is gone and she's stupid happy about it. Um, like unreasonably happy about it, in my opinion, but okay, I get He's it, like, I guess. like, ding dong, the witch is dead. Yeah. Here we go. Um, they go out back, so we get at the return to the, the parking lot confessional. Yes, um, a, a, a real mainstay of the show. Yeah. Basically, there's some crying and it was like, Kristen's like, this was never about you. It was about Frank. It wasn't about you or Jax. Bitch, you kind of made it about Jax. Let's not lie about this. To which Stassi calls her out. And it's like, hey. She's like, how come you're friends again with Katie and not me? Because Katie wasn't a bitch. It's effectively what Stassi says. Katie wasn't mean, you were. <laughs> which Kristen was insanely mean in the, the staff meeting earlier in the season. So yes, Stassi, again, you are correct. Point for Stassi. Here we go. Yeah. Um, it basically ends with Kristen saying, I'll keep my big mouth shut and let you live your life. Somehow I don't believe that. Kirsten couldn't keep her mouth shut if somebody sewed it shut. Like, let's just be real. Like <laughs> She would rip out. She would find, and she would just like bang on walls and like scream. If, like, like she, she does not know when to stop talking. Like, yeah. nope. Um, Stassi makes another observation here, you know, you guys were supposed to be my friend and it didn't matter whether you believed me or not, but you pushed me away and made me feel lonely, which comes back into play at the end of the episode. Yes, it does. In a very kind of powerful way. Mm -hmm. um, I wrote down, like, I just, it made me laugh when Kristen was like, I don't think I did anything wrong. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't, Kristen. <laughs> Kristen, you're 
unable to take responsibility for your actions. Yes, you have to be it's, able to feel ashamed or think you did something wrong. It's wild to me, though, how Kristen manages to never acknowledge that she does anything wrong and yet still, like, cry as much as she does. Like, she's just constantly, like, I don't know what I did wrong. Everybody hates me. I don't know what I did wrong. And she's, like, sobbing. And I'm, like, but you feel, like, clear. Like, what, what, what emotion are you feeling right now? Like, are you just, like... Like, what is happening in your brain that you can simultaneously be so upset and yet also be like, but I didn't do anything wrong. Like, <laughs> what? what is happening? Melinda, I have a question for you. I'm sorry, Ben. Go ahead. So just a, a side question for our Real Housewives fans. How do you think <laughs> Kristen and uh, Lisa Reno would fare together? Literally, I was <laughs> literally just about to say that she's the Lisa Reno of the show. <laughs> Lies, cries, and denies. Right. Okay. I'm sorry, Ben. But yes, 100%. Nothing at all to be sorry for. Um, scene four, Lisa's house, the bikini photo shoot. Sheena shows up. She hasn't seen Lisa since the argument. Um, Lisa talks about how they like to have a photo shoot and launches the slogan, Summer has ended, but it's still hot at Sir. Which I think yeah. is pretty ballsy to have like a, a complete cheesecake photo shoot of all your servers and bartenders to drum up business. Yeah, oh. I'm not sure you can do that in 2020, but 2013, hey. This is also the most like, one of the more clothed sir photo shoots they have. <laughs> <laughs> like there's some, it gets raunchy in basically every other season. <laughs> It's significant true. lack of clothing. And I feel like it's a staple for a long time. I feel like it's kind of fallen out of the show in the more recent seasons, but because they don't work there anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it probably still happens. There's uh, Pirelli is a tire company out of Italy. And every year, or at least they used to, I don't know whether they still do, but every year they would do a topless uh, calendar to promote their tires and would get like super A-list celebrities on it because they were paid insanely for it. And this has kind of reminded me of that. Only can, not Thomas. I was going to say, do you think they're being paid as much as these celebrities? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, I don't. <laughs> what's, what's your cap for like, like how much do you need to be paid to, to be photographed naked? Who are you asking? Both of you. I mean, uh, one one dollar and tiramisu. That's all. Yeah, I was about to say it wouldn't take a whole lot to get me. I think Holland's rate is would go for me as well. One dollar and tiramisu. I am. I love skinny dipping. So like for me, like that is. If you were to be like, it, it would also have to be with somebody that I trust, like some random photographer. I'd be like, mm, but like. If it was like a friend of mine who was like, I need things for my art thing, I'd be like, all right, buy me a piece of cake and I'll do it. Like, yeah, that sounds about right. And tiramisu is the right choice. Right. The oh, plan. and also provide me with two shots of tequila prior. To <laughs> well, they prior definitely had that moment. going on. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Ken hands them alcohol as soon as they like get outside. He's like, here, cheers, everybody. Um, they go upstairs to Lisa's, quite frankly, amazing closet that is much larger than my apartment. Uh, Kristen has an orgasm when she sees the closet. Just, ah! I was like, oh, Kristen. Um, and they 
finger up a whole bunch of jewelry and everything. And it's so organized. <laughs> it is. Um, Stasi, of course, scraps the tiara that Pandy gave Lisa for her wedding. Um, Pandy's wedding, not Lisa's, and because she's Princess Stasi. Yes, Princess Stasi needs her crown. And then they're picking out all these like beautiful costume jewelry necklaces. Still look great, even though you know we're way past that trend. You're like, God damn it, Lisa. <laughs> I mean, are we sure that it's costume jewelry? I mean, no, they're probably real diamonds, but. Although she lets them wear it in the pool, so like. Mm. That's a good point. Fair point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I my only other note here before we have like the conversation is that um, Peter looks like an athlete. He always looks kind of goofy wearing clothes, but he he when he was just in his speedo out there, he didn't look that bad. He doesn't really know how to wear shirts. No. It's the thing with Peter. Yeah. They're always well, too loose. Or how to like brush his hair. Yeah. <laughs> like Peter needs a personal stylist every day of his life. Holland, how would you personally style Peter? Well, one, I would brush his hair. <laughs> Do you remember, all right, this is going to get real niche. Do you remember that uh, that person in our uh, cohort um, who decided to grow his hair out very long and I had to have the uh, discussion with him where I very tactfully said, have you ever considered doing a man bun person? I sure he, do. And he was like, I don't know how to do a bun. And I was like, I'll show you right now. And here, here's a hair tie. Just as, <laughs> just as a little like, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Your hair is gross. Please put it away. Please, <laughs> please put it away. I was just going to bring that up. That's awesome. One of my crowning achievements. <laughs> For our listeners, Holland is currently wearing a bun, a very beautiful ballerina bun so thank you it's because i showered because i sweat too much today trying to get my turnip sold through reddit in animal crossing because <laughs> i'm living a very exciting life it's important it's important i mean animal crossing is sweeping the nation back downstairs lisa pulls stassi aside and it's like look why are you bringing that frank dude up into my other restaurant and having dinner with him yes she was like i have your number stassi <laughs> I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to steer stuff up. I think Lisa was much more annoyed that somebody she fired was having dinner in her other restaurant than she was about anything that Stassi was doing. Yep. I'm yes. kind of surprised that Lisa didn't like flat out ban Frank from entering all of her restaurants. I'm sure she did after that. Um, scene five, we actually get to the photo shoot. It's just a bunch of cheese and beefcake. Um, Jax confronts Stassi about having dinner with Frank. You know, why are you still hanging out with Frank? We've been hanging out for a week. You can't be hanging out with Frank. Am I wasting my time? Am I wasting, just tell me if I'm wasting my time. And I was just like, uh. I know, it's like, Jax, you're playing a little too desperate at this point. Like, yeah, insecurity, thy name is Jax in this scene. <laughs> I love what Stassi, what did she say? She was like, he Don't tries to swim away. away like a movie mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that too. 
that was another cringy moment uh, for nomination is when Jax just like jumps in the pool and Saucy's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and uh, so, of course, they follow that up by taking a bunch of photos of Jax and Stassi together. And Lisa's just like, they look like they're made for each other. <laughs> Why can't they just get their shit together? Yeah. Exactly. Um, kudos like, to them well, for revealing the, um, the sock and the Speedos trick, although we had already seen it, uh, Peter do it. So it was quite apropos that they made Jax do it. Apparently everyone does it. You know, Jax doesn't have to feel bad. Oh, yeah. It's an old modeling trick, according to Jax. And he would know. Scene six. I mean, Jack. I do think, can we comment on their photos? Like, they did look good together. It's it's hard to deny that. I, I, I think mean, you could have photoed any of them together and they would have looked good together, though. Yeah, when you're all that attractive. I mean, I, I, mean, I will say, right, they, they have... I think the issue with Stassi and Jax is that they have so much sexual tension and sexual chemistry that a lot of people confuse that for actual, like, genuine chemistry. Like, looking at the man she's engaged to now, like, you can see that she and that guy have a lot more romantic chemistry together, if not that same kind of, like, fiery sexual chemistry that she and Jax had. And no, I think I... that it... Go ahead, Katie. Nope. Sorry, I was just gonna say I agree. That's it. Well, I think there is a. I mean, I don't know who she's engaged to now, so I haven't seen that. But I mean, they had been in a relationship for two years and were kind of talking again. So there's a comfortableness there that is going to translate to an an ease of posing together and being that physically close and intimate. And I, Jax is a professional model, and Stasi has done some modeling. So you know, again, I just I I would find it weirder if they didn't appear to have some kind of chemistry when being photoed together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so now we get to scene six with Jax and his therapist. Yeah. What did we think of Jax in his therapy session? Oh my god. Like five million eye rolls. <laughs> yeah, how do we think Jax did in his first therapy session? How would you I, grade him, I guess? Uh, failing. Um, <laughs> I mean, right, it's all, you, like a, a session like that has to be, I mean, right, reality TV is in a lot of ways, I always think of reality TV as, right, staged staged moments but real emotion right where it's like they're forcing these people to get like they set up dinners where they're all forced to be together they go right. on vacations right. where they're all forced to be together and they're feeding them kind of things to talk about right like you need to keep bringing up this moment to kind of keep the drama arc going but i think a lot of the emotions connected to them not all the time but most of the time i think there are real emotions tied to them so the outbursts are genuine um if a little, you know, wilder than they would be in normal existence. Um, but that therapist thing was just like 5,000% like polyester, like plastic, fake cheese, like just so like contrived. I was like, this is dumb. <laughs> like, also, I find it hilarious that the therapist had to be like, you know, a lot of my patients will come back to me three months later and be like, I lied to you about a lot of things. So just know that this won't be helpful if you're lying to me. <laughs> like, 
as Jax is like, I, you know, never had sexual relations with that woman. Like, oh wait, but I kind of did, but it was you before, it didn't matter. And you're like, oh no, oh Jax. See, that was my, my favorite moment in that entire scene. Cause he's like, we, we get a sense of Jax kind of on the prowl, except he's just seeking approval, not here, like not actually trying to get with somebody, but it's just the whole thing. I used to live in all these other places and I'm originally just a small town boy from Michigan who doesn't know any better. And then I started living this rock and roll lifestyle, but everybody out here in Mino LA tells me that being a model isn't a big deal. So I had to start lying about everything and I just got lost in all the lies. Jax, such a, a poor, a poor little victim, our little Jax. And, and Stassi's just super controlling, so I just did everything I could to make her happy. I know, he really makes himself sound like the battered boyfriend in this scene. You're just like, okay, Jax. Yup. And, and then, you know, again, he sprouts that whole bullshit about, well, I did have sex with somebody in Vegas, but it was before me and Stassi knew each other. And then this, this dude who I worked with heard that and used it against me. And the yeah. therapist... Go ahead, Katie. I was just going to say this. The therapist, as as you said, Holland, kind of calls bullshit a little bit or senses it at least. Well, and like looking back on that scene, right? Watching that scene for uh, third, fourth time at this point, like, and knowing what the reveal is at the end of this season, it is really obvious that he's lying. <laughs> like you can tell him the way he's saying it and kind of his lack of how he's holding himself, how he's kind of stuttering over it. Like, it does feel really rehearsed and really, really like he's picking and choosing details. Except and then he's trying to, like, pivot things around to make it be like, oh, well, like, I mean, I mean, I, I did have sex with one person, but, like, it was before Sassy. And, yeah. and this guy who I thought was, it was, like, one of those stories where it's, like, he's giving you too much detail to kind of prevent you from asking questions that he would then have to answer. And in that way, you're like, you know, I don't think I needed to know that part, but I think you just told me because you don't want me to ask because you're lying. <laughs> good, good point. And, and right, that article that, that you mentioned way back in the first episode, right? Like they yes. talk about how all of the producers believed him, like flat out, they thought he was being honest, that he was just trying to get Saucy back, like all of the castmates believed him. The producers all believed him. They thought Stassi was fucking crazy. I mean, okay, jumping to the end. Anyways. No, I tried to... This guy. Benjamin Lindsay. <laughs> I, so I actually tried to reread that article before filming this, but now there's a paywall there and I couldn't read it. Bastards. But if anybody is... <laughs> there's a very legal workaround to paywalls. <laughs> Um, that article still exists in the world. I think it was by, oh, I, was it the, either Variety or The Cut published it. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's, the title is something about like, would you trust this man? Or would you trust Jax Taylor? And like the cover image of his, is of him with Brittany, his now like wife. So I suggest everybody go read it because it is a amazing analysis of Jack Taylor as a reality TV star personality. It's incredible. Shouts to whoever wrote that. So now we go back to scene seven because it's not just one photo shoots, it's two photo shoots. Uh, so we are back at Lisa's house. They're all wearing super fancy designer clothes. We get a little inset of Stassi and Katie talking and talking about the whole Jack's thing and about her having dinner with Frank and Stassi's just so confused. 
And Katie's like, I'm not trying to push her to be with Jax. And it's like, well. You totally are, Katie. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> okay, Katie. And then. Secretly, not so secretly. For real. And then we get the. Isn't it quinky that Stasi now has is friends with Sheena and she has a little bit of a girl crush on Sheena. Like, oh, but Sheena's made her way into the group. She's now one of them. It's her final arc, the conclusion of her season one arc. Well, almost. almost I think yeah. her talk with Lisa is kind of like the final step. But right, they have the swelling music. They have the nice like, oh, we're all such great girl pals now. Like, yeah. ah, I've achieved all my dreams. And it's like, okay, Sheena. Good dream maybe a little higher for success, but that's fine. <laughs> and, right? And to me, this scene makes it clear to me that they were not sure that they were getting another season because it like really seems like it's really trying to tie up all the loose ends. Another yes. thing to your point, Holland, is that when the, all four of the girls are kind of sitting there talking and think about where we'll be in a year. And Sheena's thing for being there in a year is to be engaged. Oh, yes. And, it, <laughs> and everybody else is still oh, like, yes. I want to be rich. I want to be a movie star and all this other stuff. Little Shishu just wants to be engaged. Small girls. Sheena Marie has one goal in life, and it is not to be a pop star. It's to be married. <laughs> the only <laughs> thing she wants. Oh, Shishu. I will admit that at this point, I thought, son of a bitch, Sheena and Jack slept together because <laughs> they was making <laughs> such a big deal about her and Stassi burying the hatchet from where they were. That's fair. That that's actually a fair, a fair kind of. Uh, it's not true, but it, <laughs> I can see I can see how the show is kind of leading that thread of thought of uh, planting those seeds of suspicion. Um, but no, Sheena, that is the one good decision Sheena made in her life is she has never slept with Jax, at least to our public knowledge. Right. Um, and honestly, I just don't see it either. Like, I think Jax would murder her. Like, I don't think they'd get far enough. I think Jax would, like, kiss her once and be like, ooh, no, I can taste the annoying in your mouth, so I'm going to, like, just <laughs> walk away. <laughs> like, Apparently, that annoying tastes like Britney Spears, so... <laughs> Which, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, foreshadowing. Listen, listen, Sheena, Bernie Spears is a legend. And while we love you, you're just... Hey, that's not what Sheena said. That's what Stassi said. True, but Sheena says it really early on. She's like, oh my God. She's like, I can't do Sheena's voice. How does Sheena talk? Annoyingly. Yeah, it's like a really typical valley girl, yeah. like that, <laughs> except really she's, nasally. She's like, when I was in high school, everyone said that I looked like Britney. My hair was I'm blonde. like, who? Who, girl? Who said that? Where? She did. <laughs> so she wrote and everything, I look like Britney Spears. <laughs> Today, 14 people told me I look like Britney Spears. Their names were all Sheena. <laughs> yeah. So then we get the actual conclusion to Sheena's arc where she sits down with Lisa and it's like, I'm sorry I let you down by not working the shift that I wasn't even scheduled for, which, uh, okay, whatever. That didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I just never want to let you down again, Lisa. And Lisa feeds this complex by going, I probably shouldn't, but I do hold you to a higher standard, Sheena, because you're such a good person and I really like you. And I'm like, yep, hook, line, and sinker. Sheena hook, is- line, and sinker. And Sheena is vying for that number one spot in Lisa's heart. She's just like, 
give it to me, Vanderpump. I want it. Yeah. Go ahead. One, and this scene also for me, knowing how Sheena's, how Sheena progresses throughout the series, like, I actually found this scene really sad because I was like, you know, at one point, I actually believed Sheena to be kind of off in her own world, but at least like a little bit grounded in reality, like had some hope of like, yeah, like I think there is a chance Sheena could like have the white picket fence dream, 2.5 kids, like, you know, maybe not ever become a pop star, but could like, right, marry somebody and have a happy life and like be an okay person. And it's just like, it's like knowing where she is now, I'm like, dang, like girl, you've fallen so far from like your sincerity that you had this season. Like, I mean, I know that like, right, reality TV is not so much concerned with being genuine, but there is something really honest about the way Sheena's talking to Lisa. Like it does really matter to her that she upset Lisa Vanderpump, however fraught that may be, right, given the power dynamics. But like, she does seem very genuinely upset and I'm like, man, Sheena, at one point you like actually felt like a real person. And it's hard because it's like, I don't, she kind of just, I think is on a downward slope from seasons one and two kind of throughout the rest where she just kind of like becomes less and less real and more and more fake. Not only is she gets more fillers in her face, but also just like in personality. And it's sad. It's so sad. And my God, the edit she's getting in the current season without any spoilers is rough. God, wow. I still need to watch it. I'm so sorry. You gave me your Comcast login and I still haven't used it. It's I'm in my text box. I'm, I'm supporting. So sorry. It's okay. You watch it at your leisure and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Sounds good. Apparently this, this, I'm sorry, we're getting off topic, um, which is my goal on the show is just to make you go off topic as much as possible. But I've heard the like Jack's this up current season is like running wild. And I'm just like, I'm so excited to hear all the drama that he apparently is just causing and centered around and why everybody hates him because I mean, long time coming, but you know, anyways. I do agree with you that, <laughs> that Sheena seems the most real of any of them. Um, I think Stasi also feels genuine, but Stasi is also so much better at playing the game and connecting with the audience that you can tell it's kind of fake. Yes. But but Sheena, other than like the pop star goes, really didn't have any anything grandiose or really get involved in any drama. All the drama was in her relations with the other people. So, so you know that does kind of make me sad if she does fall for the, you know, to to quote a poison song, she's Mama's fallen angel. As the <laughs> series goes on. Oh yeah. Oh, little shishu. Then we get the little <laughs> subset scene nine where they're taking some pictures of Sheena and Stassi smooching. Queer baiting. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. For when real. See, that, in 2020. This is my, um, oh, actually, no, it would have been back. But that was probably my cringeworthy thing is after where Kristen and Stassi are hugging after their talk and Stassi's like, if we do this, people are going to think we're lesbo. That's what I was thinking. And I was like, yep. that's kind of cringy. Like, oh, that didn't age well. And also is not surprising for 2013 Stassi. No, yeah, they, they'll get better. Vanderpump actually like gets a little bit better. And I think Ariana plays a huge part in this of like actually talking about 
like genuine LGBTQ plus issues on the show. And they do kind of like, eventually they will veer away from that kind of language. Um, yeah. In the same way they kind of veer away from the slut and the whore thrown around so candidly like they mm-hmm. did in the season. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's very 2013 reality. <laughs> Well, and, reality TV. and to be fair, I mean, fuck, they're both in their early 20s in 2013, you know, not that that's a total excuse, but I, there's only so much you can expect for people at the time, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and I think they, this actually is kind of what, in season two, when Ariana Maddox kind of enters the scene, this becomes Ariana's, like, pedestal moment, where she's like, all of them are so uneducated, and so... I, this isn't the language she uses, but it's very much a like woke versus not woke, and that becomes Ariana's separator between her and them for kind of the time. first like a long time. Yeah, it's not until the more recent seasons that I think they've all basically they've all demonstrated enough growth and maturity that Ariana deems them worthy of her time. Um, Ariana, yeah. Ariana's great. Love, Love you, you Ariana. If you're listening, you're my favorite. <laughs> but I can dream. I would totally make out in the back of a car with you. It's fine. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. And it wouldn't up. even cost you a dollar in tiramisu. So. I would do that shit for free, Ariana. And you know what? Lala she can come too. With me. Yeah, listen. Okay. I'm all about it. <laughs> Uh, scene 10, we get Jax showing up with a bunch of flowers at the after party. Jax is ready to make a big move here. This is the big move. Mm-hmm. So he, he has to speak with Lisa. And so he goes outside. He's like, it's time for me to take responsibility. And I just can't be here because both of us can't be here. And I don't want to see her lose her job. So I'm going to quit. And Lisa is flabbergasted. She's just like, well... I t- first of all, she's like, well, I told you this was going to happen. And second of all, like, are you sure you don't need a job? She, It's funny how much Lisa does genuinely care for Jax, which boggles the mind, but it's true. Yeah, but she's also like, you, you say you're taking responsibility, but you're not really taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. Jax mm-hmm. Taylor, you were just saying words, and I can tell you're saying words. She's like, and- you changed like the wind. Yeah, and every time she yep. would try and call it on it, Jax would do the whole thing, which he's done throughout the season, which is the Jax Taylor MO when confronted. I, this, is, I, this is too intense. I, I can't talk about it and everything. And just completely yes. shuts down the conversation and, and tries to step away from it. And Lisa will that, let him, because like, whatever. <laughs> right, that's that, is, that is the Jax Taylor MO for literally his entire existence. Like, that will never, ever change. Like, he he's never... For somebody who is so buff, who is so willing to rip his shirt off in an Indian restaurant parking lot in Vegas, <laughs> the dude like is so incapable of having any sort of verbal confrontation when it comes to him being the problem. Yeah. Dodge the bullets like he's in the Matrix, I'm telling you. Like <laughs> it's true. Unless, as we see in the next scene, he's the one who's kind of um, in control of the conversation. Yes. Yeah. Um, so then we go to scene 11. Jax gets Stassi alone and drops the, the bombshell that you probably already know is coming, but that, yes, he did 
fuck some girl in Vegas and get her pregnant and dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 and did give money to help pay for the abortion. Can I provide a little bit of background from yes, this moment? Please. Um, so Bravo likes to do these, I, and I love kind of the background producer perspective on a lot of these episodes and scenes and so this for is why most, you're our expert i'm sorry hey so for most of the bravo reality tv shows especially the big ones they have a hour-long show where they sit down with the original cast members and the producers and um i think andy oh my god why am i forgetting his last name andy cohen andy cohen um God, God, so he's sorry. gonna come down on you with the. I know he is. He's gonna be like, Bravo. I'm sorry. "Bravo, expert." You don't remember my name? Um, sorry, Andy. You're just not worth my time. Uh, <laughs> um, don't hate me. Uh, so, Andy and but like kind of like the top tier producers and camera people. So the people who are there all the time and kind of doing the most with getting the show together, um, in like the backstage sort of stuff. Um, and they sit down and they talk about the season. So they'll go through and talk about like poignant moments in the episode. Um, so they did one of these for Vanderpump Rules. And they talk about this final episode. And the producers talk about how they had been packing up during this party because it was the last day of filming, right? Because they schedule a party on like the last day of filming. This is what they do for every reality show. Um, right because it's kind of the final moment for them to hash out their issues so like, i think the party was sort of winding down they were packing up and ready to go because they thought they'd gotten everything right they thought everything had been laid to rest and then they heard that Jax was having a conversation with lisa and that he was like pulling her aside and was like pulling like stassi aside and they were like okay we'll go film none of them knew that this is what Jax was going to say None of them. Like, nobody in production knew this was going to happen. No, Because everybody in production, like, as Katie said earlier, thought that he was telling the truth about the cheating issue, that he hadn't done it. And so everybody in the cast, every single person was absolutely flabbergasted, like, totally floored. And I think you can kind of see that in the moment that Jax has after, when he goes to the bar and, like, tells everybody in that circle. Because they're all oddly quiet, which... I think had they known this is what was going to happen, there would have been a much more like vocal explosion of things. Yeah. Like, but yeah, so even the, even Jax kept this secret from literally everybody, even production didn't know. And it's one of those moments where they were like, we're really happy that we didn't pack up faster and leave sooner because we never would have gotten that. And we would have had to wait to the reunion to like hear that come out. Um, totally. Which is just kind of, it's like an incredible kind of legendary moment of like the early episodes of this television show you're like wow the producers didn't even see because like the producers kind of are supposed to have their like fingers on the pulse of like the drama that's going to happen in the season and they had no idea that this was coming and I mean and this is going to have a lot of implications for the next season and I might have to do a deep dive, or maybe I'll just ask you, Holland, into, like, how much they knew about what was coming in season two. I, and I don't know that. I don't know yeah. how much they knew about um, the big season two scandal. Because um, I feel like I, season one really, like, just lays the, tr the, the groundwork for season two. Like, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Everything that's planted in this season really pays off in the next season, to be honest. 
one stuff you don't even think about. Um, yeah. This is kind of getting a little bit away, aside from the Stassi and Jack stuff, and this is moving a little bit away from that, but we talked earlier about that scene where Kristen calls Tom when he's at band practice, and she's kind of having this, like, I'm just, I'm so, I'm just so anxious. I just, I just need to talk to you. And you kind of get the sense of the controlling aspect of their relationship. Like, mm. I think it's kind of the first moment where they never seem like they're a perfect couple, they kind of always seem throughout the season like they're kind of just, they've hit kind of a plateau point and they're just kind of stuck there because neither of them want to do anything. Like they're not the volatile Saucy and Jacks. They're not the mostly off-screen Tom and Katie. Sandoval and Kristen are just kind of hanging out. Um, but it's kind of the first moment that you kind of have the sense of like, it's a little off something about the way Kristen kind of demands Tom's attention at a moment's notice, anytime, anywhere, anything he's doing. Like she's at work and all, and she probably knows he's at band practice and she's like, I need you to focus on me right this moment, right now. And you can kind of tell their interaction, probably scripted or probably staged at some level, but it does feel just kind of odd. Like, there's something going on here that I don't think we know yet about. Um, that's right. definitely kind of planting the seeds for turmoil forthcoming in the later seasons. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> to return back to, okay, so I actually think, too, the other part of the scene that, like, you know the producers didn't know it was coming, and, like, Saucy certainly didn't know, her reaction I think it's so genuine. So sad. So sad. It's like the most upset I think we ever see her on the show. She's full ugly crying. Like full, and not even like the ugly crying of somebody being like, I'm like an ugly crying. She is like, like chest wrenching, like deep voice sobbing at one point. And I was like, that is not fake. Like you can't fake that level of like just complete, I mean, for lack of a better word, unattractive crying. <laughs> like just complete abject sadness and anger and rage just all there what did you think of the, the Stasi's reaction Ben I actually thought she handled it pretty well considering yeah, I mean, of how course. easily she had uh broke down over much less significant things throughout the other parts of the season this is not a criticism it's legitimate like Jack's gaslighted her for months and she's right. He turned all of her friends against her. Like, yeah. Well, see, and that's the thing. Um, I thought she had, but and I actually liked that transition. And you're right. That's why it feels so natural, like a real reaction, because in the moment you can tell that she's hurt and upset at Jax, but she's known this about Jax for a while. She's believed it, and so her her first reaction is, uh, other than crying. You knew how much I was scared of cheating. Why did you do this? And then Jax comes back with the thing that Jax always comes back with. Oh, I made a mistake and I love you. Did you love me while you were having sex with that person in Vegas? You know, and all these questions. And Jax, Jax is kind of controlling the situation in a way that he's not with Lisa because he can be, because he's able to pull the card. Well, I still care about you, but you will never have to see me again ever if that's what you want. And of course she goes, that's what I want right now, which again, I thought was very honest because it of the right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it's her hurt transforms 
because of all the other people who believed Jax and had abandoned her because he was such a good liar. Yeah, it's like real deep grief that she expresses and you're just like, oh, holy shit, like... Well... It's... I... I truly felt awful for Stassi the first time. And I, every time I watched this, but the first time I watched it, like, that's when I was like, oh, like, this is a human being in front of me, not some, like, mean girl princess. Like, wow. Yeah, well, and it's, it's one of the things that Vanderpump, I mean, that a lot of reality TV show does, right? But I think Vanderpump does particularly well is there's not often a character that is fully one-dimensionally terrible. Um, I mean, my feelings of Kristen Doty aside, like she does have <laughs> moments where she seems, especially in later seasons, where she seems a little more relatable. Um, but kind of in this entire season, right, Stassi's, Stassi, for as much of a queen bee, you know, fake Swedish princess as she likes to project that she is, she goes through some really serious shit in this. Like, the fact that, like, right, her entire friend group, which she talks so much about how, right, this is, they're, like, the foundation of Sir, like, they're family, they're her family, like, I love these guys so much. Um, you know, I mean, all of that is taken away from her. And she knows. She spends this entire season being like, I know he cheated on me. And also, right, there's also that question of, like, and she raises this time and time again with Kristen and Katie of like, a, even if he, he's not hasn't cheated on me, why are you taking his side over mine? Like, why are you letting him gaslight me and letting him do all these things to me when clearly I'm experiencing genuine hurt? Like, it doesn't really matter. The crux of this is like, it doesn't necessarily matter if he actually went and impregnated a girl in Vegas. Like, at a deeper level, it's the question of like, Stasi has watched a friend group that she thought she was, I mean, in charge of, yes. But a friend group that she thought was very genuine, like, totally just walk away from her over something that a guy said over her. Like, it's a really, like, kind of intensely, like, anti-feminist isn't the right word, right? But almost kind of this, like, they all sort of take this, like, we're going to gaslight the woman because of what the man says stance. Yes. And, and it's like, like that's really hard to watch. And that's yeah. hard to watch the conclusion of because right at the end, it's like Sassy was right all along and everybody knew it. And she really is painted the whole time as just kind of the overly jealous girlfriend. And that's not to say there maybe, I guess, isn't some of that, but the edit she gets is the absolute like, this is the crazy woman villain of this season. And then it has to shift very quickly to, oh, actually, Stassi is kind of the victim here. Yeah. And it, it's nuanced, right? Because, I mean, it, you're exactly right. There is a lot of Stassi being controlling, and their relationship wasn't healthy. Like, that was clear from kind of the first moment when Stassi sort of melts down with Jax or talking to Sheena. Um, but, right, it's like this whole season has just been even the production kind of deferring to Jax as being the voice of truth. And Stasi sort of, who's the person in Greek mythology, right? He's cursed with the like, she always tells 
true Cassandra. prophecies, but Cassandra, that's who I thought. So, right, she's kind of the Cassandra of the season where it's like she's screaming this truth into the void and it's like nobody's listening to her and everybody's telling her she's wrong. And then she has this moment of catharsis almost at the end, but she can't even enjoy it because she's like, I've lost everything. It doesn't matter if I'm, it doesn't matter that I'm right. Like my friends still walked away from me. Like, hmm. I agree with that. I, I don't know. And yeah, especially the earlier part of the season, I agree with a very unsympathetic editing of Stasi. I don't know that after the edit, I felt that the producers were favoring one or the other. It's just everybody, you know, and maybe they, they were because you, you did say that they believed him, but all the cast did. So that really seemed to be it. Because, I mean, they gave plenty of, of air to Stasi, but, like, to Katie's point, that it doesn't matter whether he actually did it or not. I'm perceiving it as if it happened. Why aren't you supporting me in that? You know, it was just, it, it was the Katie and the Kristen and the, the Toms and everybody else believing him. And what I never could figure out is how these people who claim to have known Jax for so long didn't know that he was such a liar because it was so fucking obvious. He's not that good of a liar. That's the thing, though. Like, you see that in what Sandoval says. It's like Sandoval knows that Jax is a liar, but he believes him on this for some reason. And, and I also and didn't find the, the reaction of everyone after Jax comes clean, and maybe it was just shock, to Holland's point. All that genuine because you do see Katie and Kristen go with Lisa to comfort Stasi, and I guess it's you. What can you say after you've spent the entire summer being a bitch? But I think you would try to offer up something other than just empty hugs and kisses on the cheek. Um, and then when the guys go to confront air quotes Jacks about it, it's basically they're all just sitting around being like, "Dude, why didn't you just tell me what had happened and we would have helped you out anyway." which was also unsatisfying to me. Yeah, this... Go ahead, Kitty. No, go, go, Holland. Yeah, this is a consistent theme with Drax. Is, and that article that we talked about earlier dives into this, and kind of the, the point of this article is this greater question of why do we keep believing Jax, even though we all know he's a liar? Um, and it's something about his charisma. It's like, and it's the fact that Jax isn't just a liar. He's a smart liar. So he's kind of always, he's picking and choosing what details he's going to reveal when. Um, and sort of picking and choosing how to pivot so that way he's, it's not quite a full outright lie. But it is him sort of adjusting the truth just enough that he can make it believable. Um, and this, I mean, this is a thing, like every single season, Jack's lies. Every single season, People believe him. Even like six seasons in, when everybody <laughs> like knows he's a liar and knows he's wrong, there is still always this undercurrent of, what if this is the one time he's not lying? Yeah. Like, what if this is the one moment? And it's always about the same stuff. It's always about him cheating on people. And it's like, this, man, the same thing always happens. It always becomes girls versus guys. This is like one of, this season and next season, I think are, some of the only times in which lines aren't drawn that way. Lines are sort of drawn along different alliances, but there's a shift in which it becomes 
when Jax cheats on somebody, it becomes girls versus guys. And it's like the Toms will always take Jax's side, even if they know he's wrong, even if they know he cheated. They're still like, but like bros before hoes, man. And the girls will always team up together for the girls. It's just his it's, charisma. Like, he just, like, he's intoxicating in this really, <laughs> like, I mean, beneficial for him. Sucks for the rest of them, like, because he keeps screwing them all over. Yeah. Jax, I, I have to wonder, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, how fun do you think Jax is at a party? Oh, probably a 12. Unless he's, like, physically fighting somebody, which seems to be a theme for him. Then right, he's probably was, a negative eight. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, there's gotta be a reason they keep him around. He's gotta be fun sometimes, right? Maybe. Oh yeah. And I, th- I think that's the thing is, I think he's like, I think people keep him around because he's fun. He's like the fun guy, and it's like, okay, he lies, but like, I don't know, like he lies to you and then turns around and buys you a bottle of really expensive champagne. Or steals you some sunglasses. Yeah, or steals you some sunglasses. Or, like, right, he, like, does all these terrible things and then turns around and, like, you know, has the life of a party. Like, he's, he has this undeniable charisma about him that makes him really hard to just, like, not invite to things and to just totally alienate. Um and it also doesn't help that right, he's constantly playing, he's really good at self-martyring himself. So he's constantly like, you know, I, I imagine that scene from Buffy, this is like a weird deep cut reference, but the scene from Buffy when Spike is like, oh my God, I'm the worst and like British and a vampire for like, I feel so bad about that time. I like did that terrible thing to you, Buffy. And Buffy's like, that was like three seasons ago, but okay. Um, and he like drapes himself over the cross and Buffy's like, can we not <laughs> throw a temper That's, tantrum right now? <laughs> like That is a great- really- that's a great that's what I think of when I think of Jax it's like he when he is in control of the apology his apology is him being like I did this thing I'm sorry and I'm so sorry it's eating me up inside I just feel so much shame I feel so bad about it like I'm just in so much pain over how bad I feel and he like you know it's like whipping himself as he's apologizing to you and it's like, it's like everybody has a hard time being like, okay, like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> to give and then every- he gets mad when people, sorry, and then he gets mad when people are like, when he, people are like, you suck. Like, we're going to whip you. Jax is like, oh my God, I'm the victim. Like, oh no, stop. <laughs> like, you are 1000% right. And to give these people an ounce of credit, I think that's hard to to like be angry at in the moment like if someone's just sort of like until it happens over and over and over again if someone is absolutely flagellating themselves it's hard to not attempt to forgive them ben looks doubtful (laughs) i can't see ben anymore i've I've turned to speaker view i can see all of you at once or i mean gallery view so jacks taylor I feel weird about this because I don't completely agree with the two of you on it. And part of it is because, like I said in the the first episode we did, I've known a lot of guys like Jax Taylor. So I do agree that there is a certain um, unmitigated asshole charm that they have that you kind of are willing to keep hanging out with them. And in some ways, 
And when I used to hang out with guys like that, it would always be like, well, I know he's a snake, so I just don't put him in situations where he can bite me. And this kind of goes to another conversation that Katie had in one of the earlier episodes about a good friend and an interesting friend. Without a doubt, Jax Taylor is an interesting friend. I don't think that I would find him as fun as a party as, you know, a 12. But when you do see him show up at the party at, I don't remember what bar, in like the second episode, he commands the room because all the guys are super happy that he's there. I mean, even Frank, who's trying to do his girlfriend at the time, is like happy to see him there. And then he just takes command and he goes up and he, he does the seven shots. It's like, oh, I didn't even mean to do that and all this other stuff. Plus, we see in the limited interactions that we see with Laura Lee that he is very good about making other people the center of the universe when he's around, when he wants to. And I'm sure he does that with his guy friends, too. And so just builds them up and makes them feel really good about that. And that is a narcotic that is very hard to kick, even if you do know that it's probably not 100% true. Um, so I guess I've kind of talked myself into agreeing with the two of you. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you agree with us. <laughs> um, but I, 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 it's just that at some level, I think they know that he's lying. They just don't care. That it's just yeah. like, oh, uh, well, that, that's the, the, the price of doing business. You know, if, if we want to have the high of this guy who is always willing to, to bring high dollar champagne to the party is always willing to take a lot of shots, is, for better or worse, willing to whip off his shirt and try and fight somebody on behalf of something. You know, sometimes you need those guys around. And uh, I, I think that they, they just, I, I don't think it's that Jax is that good of a liar, because even a good liar, once you know they're a liar, it's hard to believe. I think they just accept that aspect of Jack's and therefore it doesn't matter. I think that's right. <laughs> Don't have anything else to add. I agree. <laughs> me, me either. Jack Taylor. Well, and yeah. I think also to kind of build off of that. And again, this is sort of hearkening forward to later seasons, but I, I think that a lot of the anger towards Jack's being a liar switches from we're mad that Jax is lying and doing bad things and more we're mad that Jax is lying and doing bad things to this specific person like they start getting mad about who about him hurting certain people instead of him doing those things um if that makes sense like right now I think it's more like right they're they're shocked and they're mad about him lying and I think later it just becomes a like oh well like you know of course, Jax did this because Jax always did this, but he did it to this person, and that's why we're upset about it. Like, I think that that's a really good point because, again, in this episode, we don't get to see enough of people's reaction to really know. But the guys all just seem upset that Jax lied to them. They're not mad that he cheated on Stasi. At least that's not the impression that they're getting. They're just mad that he didn't come out and admit that to them instead of telling them a bullshit story. The girls, we really don't know. Granted, Kristen does call him an asshole, but I'm still not convinced that Kristen doesn't want some of that sweet, sweet Jack's action. Um, and Katie, well, Katie is still just a wafer out in the wind. I, I, whatever. <laughs> Floating away in her kerchief dress. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. 
So, you know, and like I said earlier, to your point, it could have just been that they were all shocked because they didn't see this coming, but, and so don't know how to react, but it's not mad at Jax because he hurt Stassi or that he cheated on Stassi. It's mad at Jax because he lied to me. I thought he was, that I was the one guy Jax wouldn't lie to. You, you see, Peter, I asked you straight up and you lied to my face. Sandoval says the same thing. It's not, we're mad at you for the crime. I'm mad at you because I thought we had a level of trust that you could tell me anything and I would believe you and help you out. Yes. Aggressive head nod. <laughs> to oh, that okay. point. Like a rocker at a, a, a punk rock concert. I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, what's also, you know, I'm thinking about, Katie, remember how we had that discussion when you were like, we used to compare Vanderpump Rules people to people in our cohort. And I was like, oh, well, I don't remember doing that at all. And after that, I was like, oh, wait, I can name at least two people. (laughs) Fit that description. Katie already knows who I think the Jackson White Department is, so. Uh, Yes, I do. (laughs) Most, I mean, mostly from personal experience. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. LOL. <laughs> I was going to say, I think, at least in my experience, that is very typical of male, like, dynamics in their friendships. It's like, oh, like, well, we don't care if you're, like, fucking around, but how dare you lie to us about it? Yeah, and that's the weird thing is I have always thought on this show that the male interactions seemed really real in a way that I didn't have an opinion about the, the female interactions for obvious reasons, because if I'm around a group of females, it's going to change how they're interacting if I wasn't there. So, but the, anytime the guys were all together and no girls were around, it felt really genuine the way that they were interacting with each other and what they said to each other. Holland, what do you think of the the female interactions? Do you find them to be kind of like par for the course, pretty standard? I, yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's hard because this season we s- it's a lot of Stassi's the star of the show, yeah, um, and then there's Sheena, it's kind of like secondary, right, like underdog star. But then, like you know, for as close as Stassi, Katie, and Kristen claim to be. It's like we don't really see a lot of their interactions because it's so focused on Stassi and her relationship with Frank, Stassi and her relationship with Jax, Stassi and her relationship with Sheena, Stassi and her relationship with Vanderpump. Like it's just all about Stassi. So I mean, I think I thankfully have never had the unfortunate experience of knowing somebody like Sheena or Stassi and watching them like, you know, (laughs) like fight each other (laughs) in the way that they did this season um but I mean I think I don't know it's hard it's really hard to say I feel like because I think that all of them are so exaggerated right because they're all playing characters to some extent that I think that it makes it hard to determine whether or not their interactions feel real and I I actually think that Stassi gets a lot more genuine and real later like I think she kind of starts to Stassi's a weird human being like she's got some odd tastes aka she's like obsessed with murder and like loves aliens and like her dream is to like spend the night in the Winchester house and like pretend to murder somebody like she's like she's a freak 
um, in like a good like way, like, <laughs> like, and, but I think that she, I, I kind of feel like in these early seasons, she's a little afraid to lean into that because yeah. right, she's, you know, thin white blonde girl in Hollywood who's trying to make it big. And like, nobody wants to know that your dream is to like, be cut into five pieces by a serial killer, you know, <laughs> like nobody, nobody wants to know that. So I think that, I think they become a lot more genuine later. I think right now it's a little hard for me to say. Um, I think that they, the social dynamics that are at play are accurate to some toxic friendship circles. And I kind of right. wish that they all had different friends because clearly these guys are not healthy for one another, but like good TV. <laughs> Great TV. And when you're paid to like continue to hang out with these people, well then. Yeah. I mean, if I got paid $10,000 to hang out with somebody at a, you know, polished glass for them, I'd do it. Again, it. I would <laughs> do nude photography for $1 at a tiramisu. So, like, my bar is not <laughs> Maybe well, our new logo for next season? Yeah, could be. Could be. <laughs> I have so many Artistic rendering. $1 in one hand, tiramisu in the other. Yeah. Nude, <laughs> nude human form. <laughs> I, I do think you bring up some very solid points in that anytime the girls are interacting in this season there's never not a point of conflict because it's either sheena is around so there's that point of conflict because of the rivalry between her and stassi or the shit goes down and there's that who do we believe do we believe frank and stassi or do we believe jacks and and so there is that uncomfortableness throughout the entire season in their interactions even after they make up a couple of times, you know, um, in the penultimate episode, when they're hanging out, or maybe the episode before that, I don't know, when they're all hanging out on the, the rooftop bar, you know, there is uneasiness once Kristen shows up because her and Katie haven't made up yet. Kristen. Oh, you mean? Uh, Stassi. Assume, I mean, yeah, Stassi and Kristen haven't made up yet. Right, right. Katie and Kristen still haven't distinguished themselves enough. I get it. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> They're way too Kerchief similar. dresses on the wind. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, um, do we have any final thoughts or should we go to the categories? Categories. All right, let's call these categories for the season. So who do you think WeHo's thirstiest server of the season is i mean i i think i think in terms of like like thirsty for a tall drink of sex <laughs> <laughs> that, that should be the logo that's all no. drink of sex <laughs> um man i think i mean i think frank jack actually no jacks definitely right. jacks um, thirsty for that pussy. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> what, what? <laughs> I mean, goes one week and, you know, can't handle it. Yeah, for real, can't <laughs> handle it. Quit, has to quit his job, he can't handle it so much. I know. I've been told a bit for one week, why don't you love me yet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Buddy, relax. So yeah, Jax for the uh, thirst as a slang term for wants to get it. Um, I mean, I, I, th I think thirsty for status is still Sheena. Yeah. Oh, Shishu. Yeah, oh, considering she that the feel. ending of her arc is basically her just happy that she's made friends. 
She's made it. She's made it into the group. She's part She's of made the club. it big. She'll be renewed for another season. <laughs> her only dream in life. Oh, Sheena. She keeps her expectations. I mean, that's the key to a happy life, I guess. Keeping your expectations low so they're easy to achieve. So well, especially for them. Sheena. Yeah, I feel like Sheena's uh, mindset of like, if I set the bar really low, I can just walk over it and then pretend I accomplished something. I think that's a little unfair because she did spend, a, at least from only seeing one season, because she did spend a lot of this season busting her ass to actually secure a place at Sir. And, you know, the pop star thing might be dumb and she has no talent, but she worked real hard at it. Um, so, you know, she did put in some effort. It wasn't just as simple as, my goal today is to not wear sweatpants. And, and ta-da, I did it, <laughs> you know. And you know what? Her, she's still kind of slowly grinding out her quote-unquote pop star career. She recently released a music video with Lala. Did she really? Yes. Wow. I know. I mean, obviously not. It's obvious. I don't know. You'll have to go watch it and see what you think. Ben, don't worry about Lala just yet, but she's coming. Okay. Okay. Say so last oh, I boy. heard. Give oh, them she's, Lala. She's a tornado <laughs> of a human being. But maybe the best, one of the best, I would say one of the top additions to the show. Yes. Great reality TV fuel. Although yes. I will say, I, I don't fully understand how she and Sheena made a music video together because last I heard, Lala said Sheena sang like a dolphin, so. <laughs> she's not wrong. I'm right, yeah, I mean, she's right. They got, like, <laughs> they got mad at her for it. And that was a really great moment in a later season um, where Lala's like, Sheena sings like a dolphin. Um, and everybody gets really mad at her for it. And Lala's like, but I'm right. Like, what? <laughs> Like, you know I'm right. Why are you mad? They're all just mad because she said it. Because, you know. Man, all I'm going to say is you can turn on Top 40 Radio and hear a bunch of people who aren't any worse than Sheena. Or any better, really, I guess is the right euphemism. I mean, I guess that's true. So who do we think wins the, uh, who do we think wins the season? <sighs> Tom Schwartz, because he is continually not involved in anything <laughs> peter actually because yeah, peter remains the right voice of reason because <laughs> all schwartz did was make jacks look less creepy by comparison yeah i vote peter peter's just hanging out still peter, the, the low-key winner of the season okay but in terms yes. of you know who's who's whose season is it really who's our number one alpha the entire season revolves around Stassi's interaction, so it has to be Stassi. Yeah, I mean, there's really only one answer, but maybe Holland will give us a different one. Oh, I was going to say Laura Lee, because she's the only one who came out of the season with an actual career, but, you know. <laughs> 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 I wouldn't say that her time on this season is uh, winning. As I mean, but does she have an career. actual career when literally this entire cast is more famous than she is now? Uh, she's probably worth more than them, other than Lisa. 
considering she's had real acting jobs and producing jobs and is still getting residuals from this show. I would assume. I don't know. She might have just got paid scale for it. Yeah, I don't know if she still gets if she would still get money for it if they're airing on a streaming. I don't know how that works. I mean, I know musicians get royalties. I don't know if TV people get something like that. I think it depends on their contract. And none of none of the people in the first season, other than Lisa, were probably popular enough to get that in their contract. So probably not. Yeah. Although she might have had a real agent, so she might have got a little something. Um. Okay, so who loses this season? Who is the number one? Who is the bottom of the pack? Who's our loser? I still think, well, I think it's the same answer. I think it's Stasi. Yeah. She wins in that it's her narrative, but loses and that ultimately, like, she has to suffer the most. Well, I yeah. Mean, yeah. She finds out that all the, like you guys were saying earlier, all these people that she thought were her family really weren't. The guy that she spent the last two years of her life with that she had a sneaking suspicion was the piece of shit, was a piece of shit. Uh, the white knight that she thought had rode in a saber was a dude bro in tinfoil. So, you know, it was uh, not a good, not a good season for her emotionally. Yeah, and I mean, I think even though Jax was the bad guy in the end, I still feel like Jax comes out on top because he leaves on his own terms, right? He, I mean, yeah, Stassi tells him that she doesn't want to see him right now to, like, get away from her right now, but, like, he was already on his way out. Like, yep. he already had the one foot out the exit door ready to bolt the second he dropped this bomb on her. Like, you yeah, know. Yeah, that he, was his plan showing up. Yeah, oh, 100%. He came to that party to tell her that and to, like, go to Lisa first, be like, I'm leaving, goodbye. Go to Stassi, drop this bomb, and then he could just book it. He just mm -hmm. run. Just book it and, and write, like, you can tell that he's, like, so in control at the moment. He's like, well, you'll never see me again. And then he goes, is that what you want? Whipping himself, laying on the cross like a, you know, <laughs> box bottle blonde, <laughs> peroxide blonde vampire. <laughs> I love that comparison. It's so accurate. The Hollywood uh, Jax is the spike. Yep. Then who is our angel? Ain't no angels in Vanderpump Rules. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Frank. Frank is definitely not. <laughs> no. Yeah, I guess no one is brooding enough to be angel. No, and no one is like, you know, halfway decent. <laughs> well, so if, far. If the, the Buffy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 100%. Who's, ooh, who's Cordelia? Oh. Is Stassi truly a, Cordelia? You know, I, I, probably. <laughs> if Cordelia has her own show, Stassi is Cordelia. But yeah. by virtue of her being the main character, she has to be Buffy. Yeah. Justice for Cordelia. I'm sorry, this is turning into a Buffy <laughs> <laughs> angel podcast. <laughs> Every episode, we're just going to find a new show to compare the characters to. <laughs> ben looks like his face has gone dead. He's like, what the fuck? I wasn't a Buffy guy, so. Missing out, man. Indeed. Um, continuing through the, okay, so who is Lisa's number one girl at the, through, like, at the end of the season? 
I would say Sheena. I, I would too. that myself, yeah. You really see Lisa kind of genuinely trying to care for Sheena in that scene where she's like, it's okay. Like, it's, we see her do that quite a bit throughout the season, though. Mm -hmm. She was actually very motherly uh, a few different times. Yes. And, and her relationship with Stassi, we can see, is starting to crack. She certainly is supportive of her, I guess, in the last scene, but we're seeing the fault lines. Well, I mean, to be fair, Stasi has abused that relationship over the season. 100%. So. Yeah, and this is kind of the beginning of, it's one of those instances where it's like, right, this is, again, having the knowledge of what future seasons hold. This is kind of the catalyst for Stassi's going to talk a lot about how the summer was the worst summer of her life, and this is going to lead to a catalyst of Stassi kind of having a slow, couple seasons long breakdown, not at the level of like, like, not like a Sheena breakdown, right, where it's like the tearing of the hair and the wailing and the, you know, all of this stuff, but she's going to kind of like basically fall off the map for a little bit and that's going to cause a lot of fractures and that's going to cause a lot of tension and it sort of comes it starts now this moment where she you know feels so betrayed by everybody that she kind of just feels like her only her only escape is to just leave it's actually again this is getting ahead of ourselves but it's actually really similar to something lala does in a much later season who also gets up and just leaves however lala does it in the middle of the season where Stassi's smart enough to wait till they're done filming to kind of get up and like fly to the other side of the country and like disappear for a while. Well, doesn't she um, get her own like little spinoff thing too, the house or some bullshit? No, that's not really. Is that the the, the summer house one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Bravo does this classic thing where they like they try and hook you in by premiering their new show in the middle of an already popular show. So Summer House, I think, is like pretty established at this point. Although, from the way they connected it in Vanderpump Rules, I was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> but who knows? I don't know. I don't know the numbers on who's watching Summer House, so. <laughs> No, actually, I think Summer House was, Summer House premiered the season that it premiered, that season where they have the crossover episode. With yeah, Vanderpump. exactly, that's what I mean, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, So, like, they're, like, trying to get the viewers of Vanderpump hooked. Yeah, but being like, these are friends of Stassi's from the East Coast, lolol, they don't know how to boil crabs, like. <laughs> Or like, oh no, the, the West Coasters are like, what's a crab boil? And I'm like, I'm so offended. <laughs> dare you. How dare you not know what Old Bay is, you bastards. Heathens. Absolute heathens. For real. Um, okay, let's break the cringiest moment down. Let's break it down into this episode, because I think we all are pretty much in agreement, and then the cringiest moment of the season. There are a lot of cringy moments this season. That's going to be hard. I think in this episode, it's definitely when Stassi's like, uh, like, if people aren't gonna come and see us, like, they might think we're lesbos. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hashtag no homo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> phrase. Ridiculous. 
Exhausting. Come on. I know what my cringiest moment of the entire season is. Ooh. Lay it's, on us. It's Frank pulling the pretty girl syndrome fit talk in front of Stassi's parents. Yeah, that's pretty sad. That's sexist bullshit anyway. And then just to be so completely unable to read the room, to do that in front of the person who was your girlfriend at that moment, his um, parents. Yeah. That was uh, when he, he solidified his limpness and cardboard aesthetic. That's a good choice. What do you think, Holland? Uh, so I, I didn't watch this full season this round. Um, I believe Bachita's concert is this round, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Shayna. God, so painful. Although Ariana's a backup dancer, which like all four Ariana. Um, Actually, I thought crush of the season in the entire series. <laughs> I thought her making the sex noises in the booth was much cringier than oh her concert. God, yes! So I had forgotten about that. So I want to change I my answer now. I blocked that from my mind. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, that was pretty terrible. While her boyfriend is in the other room watching, and the the producer is leering and nudging him. Yeah, that was the. <gasps> it's like, do you recognize this sound? Yeah. Yeah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> We have some really good candidates. It's hard to it's hard to decide, but I hate Frank so much that I would say any moment he's spouting his misogynistic bullshit is pretty cringy. But he wasn't a liar. He wasn't a liar. I guess we could say that for Frank. At least about that. Apparently he was a liar about a bunch of other bullshit and a terrible person. But in that one crystalline moment in the episode, he wasn't a liar. Although Kristen Oh, I'm sorry. Is even a better person than Frank. I'm just putting that out there. They're shitty for different reasons. <laughs> Let's be real. Everybody on this show, with the possible exception of Lisa, and that's only because I haven't watched Real Housewives, is a shitty person. Lisa is a flawed person, like any human being, but at the end of the day, I just worship her. <laughs> yeah, and I, I actually don't know if I would I mean, right, everybody's shitty in the same way that, right, like, you know, everything is terrible and we're all going to die one day. But, like, I, I actually would agree. I, I think there are some really shitty people on the show. But I think that most of the people on the show are just flawed in various ways. Um, you know, like, I, I actually think that Kirsten becomes less shitty, but Kirsten in the early seasons is not so much this season because she has no airtime. But in next season and kind of the following season she is really terrible um she is on her bullshit yeah she is bottom of the barrel not the level of frank in you know womanizing blackmailing terror but just I kind mean, of in terms of he's still not she just, good <laughs> she she just her behavior becomes absolutely absurd and just like crazy yeah um, I mean, she had moments of that in this season because the way she was acting at the staff meeting, you know, not that there wasn't a whole lot of crazy going on in that staff meeting because you had Laura Lee breaking down and then uh, Stassi being just like, you're damn right, I'm bullying you, bitch. <laughs> so um, a lot of crazy. 
but when you when you are standing up yelling at somebody who before that episode and then again in this episode you say has been your best friend for three years and you're going quit bitch quit you know that's, that's a little bit of crazy yeah we're gonna we're just gonna see more of that you you wait just you wait crazy Kristen crazy Kristen whoo um I had a thought and then I lost it. It doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> so Frank is the worst. <laughs> Frank's the worst. Frank is the worst, but it's because of stuff outside the, the season that you that he makes himself the worst. I will continue to say that his be while his behavior in the season was boorish and terrible, especially in the, the last episode that we saw him in. I really don't think he was as bad as Jax throughout most of the season. Now, what he what he did later that we find out about from the book, completely 100% agree. That's worse than anything Jax did this season that we or anything that we really know of Jax doing. But as far as what is represented on screen, he wasn't as bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like he and Jax are kind of two sides of the same not good coin like terrible for very similar reasons um saucy clearly has a type um but just different enough that they like will like you know fight each other like two ram two mountain goats on a cliffside when all be, you can hope is that both of them are just gonna fall off <laughs> and to be frank no pun intended <laughs> Jax is just more compelling on screen he just is he does have yeah way more charisma oh yeah chris he out charisma's frank by uh uh, uh galaxy i mean <laughs> but part of it is and i and this is not meant to defend frank it's just my observation of it frank never seemed like he wanted to really be on the tv show mm. or, or maybe he did at first because he did like get like kind of volatile when they were at uh, the supper club and then in Vegas. But after that, anytime other than like him just being a, a flat out dick to Stasi when they were living together, um, well, he never engaged in anything when the cameras were around. He always just kind of sat there and didn't say anything, just boring and nondescript and with this blockhead and, So I, I wonder what happened after Vegas that really made him kind of check out so much. Maybe he got into a disagreement with production or something like that. Maybe he got super mad that production wouldn't let him fight Sandoval and um, Jax. So he could show them his strength, show them who's boss. So they could find a balcony to throw them off of. God. I, I just also think that Frank is, right, I think Frank goes into, like, real estate or something vanilla like that. Like, I just feel like, you know, the kind of, Frank seems like the kind of person who would look at everything that was going on and assume himself to be better than that. Yeah. Um, even mm -hmm. though he's not, right? He's a kind of different kind of white masculine insidiousness than I think. I could very easily Jackson see him Tom. with a with a torch in Virginia. 
Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of right. He's, he's the kind of guy who would, I don't know. Like, I, I think, I think in the same way that right Jax is kind of made for reality TV. I just think Frank is, Frank's sort of nastiness is not the kind that translates well to television. And I feel like he probably, I mean, left because he was boring, but also just like, I mean, again, goes to real estate, which like, come on, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, th I think he just didn't have the, the same volatile kind of bigger than life sort of personality that's required for a show like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, agreed. It's true. So, so Ben, how do you feel now that you've made it through most of the season until we get to the, 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 the reunion? The reunion, which I've never actually watched, Holland. Really? I just watched it today. I was like, I'm already watching the first, I, do, I was watching the finale, and I was like, I might as well just watch the reunion. Only one episode. This was back when Bravo, like, didn't realize how powerful the reunions could be. How explosive the reunions could be. Yeah, get, buckle up, Ben. Some of the reunion specials are three hours. Wild. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, I mean... Uh, there are some people that I find to be genuinely interesting, but if I wasn't doing this, I definitely wouldn't keep watching. <laughs> so. Let me tell you, season two is where it really, like, it, season two is incredible. It really Agreed. is. Oh, God, season two is such a wild ride. And they really get a handle on how to tell the story Right, like this season, season one, they're trying to negotiate, like, how do we build the season in ways that make sense? Where, right, like you can tell they kind of hit a mini climax at the beginning of the season, and they're like, mm -hmm. okay, how do we keep amplifying it from here? I think they're better at kind of building the narrative as seasons go on. I think that might be part of it, in that if you look at it from a strictly narrative storyline kind of thing there really wasn't a true season-long story arc that made any sense because everything would have a couple episode crescendo and then kind of finish and then you would have to go on to some other subplot that might have had the same characters but just it wasn't really fulfilling i mean you could say that the, the jack stassi storyline goes through the entire season and kind of it does but you also get the the Frank and Laura Lee interludes that kind of mess that up. And nobody else is really strong enough to carry anything, especially when the season kind of starts off making it seem like it's going to be about the rivalry between uh, Sheena and Stasi, And that resolves itself by episode two. So Yeah. And at some point they stop allowing B characters, like they stop giving B characters really any space. Like if they're going to cast someone new, they full out cast them. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get more characters in season two, um, which also I think helps. Like, Kitty and Kristen and Sandoval and Schwartz will kind of get a lot more airtime, um, which I think helps. I think sometimes a show like this can actually, right? I mean, there's a limit, of course, right? You don't want too many people because then it's too much, but I think you do also want more than just a couple sorry my cat's being punishment held right now because she's being a little butthole um <laughs> and 
Um, so I, th I think you do need a couple more people because you, you kind of need to take a break from people every once in a while, right? Like you need a break from Stasi. You need a break from Sheena. Um, you need a break from their kind of, you know, Sisyphean drama of, you know, I, I think Jax is cheating. I'm super worried about him cheating on me because I have relationship issues because I have trust issues. And then, okay, he's fine. Okay, we're going to fight. Okay, we're going to make up. And then we're going to do it all again. And sometimes you just need like a breather and having more people helps with that. I almost feel like this season was too long. Oh, like, they get longer. <laughs> I was going to say, they get longer. Well, yeah, but I know like, they their do. Their storylines are more complex, I think. Well, that would help. But I mean, I, just for the storylines, because I think if this one had ended after the sixth episode, mm. that the, I would have had a different feeling about the season. Because the last, the seventh episode, we said, you know, this isn't a really good episode. It kind of feels like they're just resetting everything. Um, and then this episode, other than... Jax's surprise ending, I say surprise in air quotes, wasn't really anything either. Yeah, it's... I mean, you had Jax's number from the beginning. In some ways, I think I felt... Well, it's hard to kind of reconstruct my reaction to the first time that I watched it, yeah. but I feel like I might have felt surprised, maybe not that it actually happened, but surprised that Jax actually admitted it. Yeah, and I think that, I think that also, again, back to that storytelling point, it's kind of rare that such a big revelation would be held off until the literal last 10 minutes of the show. Um, normally they will kind of, again, I think the production, I think the, the cast gets smarter about when to kind of land those major hits. And this, we can come back to this discussion when it happens, but there's a moment in season two, which I think I kind of take as evidence to put in my little basket of like, Jax's knows how the production's schedule works at least and chooses when to drop information based on that production schedule um because yep. he becomes pivotal in a reveal later in season two and uh, you know it, it doesn't happen on screen but i think he chooses when to drop the nuggets of knowledge he has based on how the first season did and what he thinks will help keep vanderpump on the air in future seasons um and it helps make kind of a massive reveal come a couple episodes before the finale. So you have this, right, again, that kind of classic arc of you have the big, big explosion and you have a couple, you have a little bit of a downturn. And then, right, the ideal is that you have a big explosion, you have a couple days of like simmering, almost resolution, and then you have something major happen at the finale again. So that way they can continue fighting about it at the reunion. Because yeah. you want a reunion that's explosive with a lot of tears and a lot of shouting. <laughs> and you want to, right, with so much you want the reunion to be so traumatic that they have to keep talking about it in the next season. Yes. Yes. Um, and I, so again, I mean, I, I think what everybody else is, what you guys have said is right, that I think the storytelling gets stronger in season two, which I think helps the story. And I think they kind of save up, they have kind of continual threads and they kind of save up their big fight scenes, I guess you could say, to kind of beggar stagger them throughout the season. Um, 
there's also a lot more intrigue next season because there are a lot more people involved in the scandal that's at hand, um, which also makes it more interesting because it's no longer just is Jax lying or is he not? It's now like, well, now there's four people involved in various lies that are all intersected and who's right and who's not, um, which makes it way more interesting. It's like a giant game of Clue minus the murder. Although if Stassi was in charge, there'd be murder, but you know. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments of the season. And it was just that inset where Sandoval was talking about Stassi likes to make really specific violent threats. And then we get the supercut of Stassi making just really outrageous murder proclamations. And I loved that. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah, right. She's, she's got that part of herself kind of hidden away this season, except for when it comes out in those moments. Moments to make her look crazy. But, like, yeah. in later seasons, she just leans into it, and then you realize, oh, she's not crazy like that. I mean, she's kind of crazy, because they all are. But, like, that's just, like, her. Her th She's really into murder. She's Who a weirdo. Thought? Well, I guess the big question is, are we doing an episode next week for the reunion show? Holland, what do you think? So... I, I think the reunion should be involved because just as kind of a consistent thing, reunions do sometimes reveal really important things that become relevant for the next season. I mean, I wonder, and I haven't watched the first episode of season two in a while. Um, and maybe you guys can watch the reunion and then watch the first season and see if this would work. I wonder what it would be like to do the reunion and the first episode of season two together in the same episode to see how the things sort of carry through into it. Not the worst idea. I think it also, I don't know, we, we can't really talk about a Bravo television show without pivoting to the god of Bravo television, which is Andy Cohen. Yes. Oh, and I think, so there is, there is another thing. They don't do this anymore, but back in the day, they used to do not only a reunion episode, but then the episode the following week would be like a secrets episode where they mm. do like not revealed footage. Yeah, that's, um, that's how this season is. So maybe you could do the reunion and the kind of secret like bonus footage. Um, again, it's, I, I mean, obviously nothing that was criti of critical importance would have been left in the bonus footage, but you might get to see some kind of chats and reveals that happened off screen that they didn't deem important enough for on screen time, but that still help kind of flesh characters out. Um, maybe get more of those conversations between the women that make them feel more real. <laughs> make them feel like real people. Real human beings. A real friendship. <laughs> LOL. Um, LOLOL. So yeah, but I do think I, just because reunions, again, will become really important and are just fun, like, they're kind of the one time that it's literally they just sit them down on couches for 10 hours and are like, we're going to talk about these really emotionally painful things that happened on the season. And you're going to shout about it. And <laughs> gloves great. are off. And yeah. And Andy Cohen, you might think that he's your friend, but he will grill the fuck out of you. Yeah. And this, because, right, this season is all about kind of them finding their sea legs. This reunion is, having just watched it, this reunion is not the most explosive. It's only one episode. It's pretty vanilla in terms of <laughs> Bravo reunions go. Um, but I, it might just be a good thing as a habit to kind of start 
watching them. You, I mean, you both could also just watch the episode and then decide whether or not it's worth talking about. That's always fair. You could just watch it for fun. Like, just you know? Just to see. Enjoy Ben's the like, moment. Live in the, live in the show. <laughs> Ben's like, I'm not sure I want to. It'll be worth it, Ben. Okay. Okay, well, my phone well, battery is at 3%, so. Okay, well, Holland, thanks so much. Yes, I'm thank so you glad much, you returned. Yes, I love Vanderpump. We will have to make it a thing where you come on for the first episode of the season and the last episode of the season as we are going Ooh, forward. Ooh, yes. I've also requested to be involved. Katie knows what episode I'm talking about. There's a specific episode and actually, no, oh, okay. There's a couple episodes in season two that I love, but there's one in particular that is just like the peak of intrigue and lies, and I love it. So I've requested to come on that episode as well because it's my favorite. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can be on any episode that you want. Yes, oh, request thanks. granted. Yes, excellent. Well, it's been lovely chatting to you guys about Vanderpump, my all-time favorite show ever in the existence of the entire world. <laughs> yes. So delight as always. Um, I'll make sure to correct it to your correct in Instagram account. I realized that you had one under Holland, like, literally <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. I didn't realize she had that's one fine. under Holland. I'm so sorry. That's fine. Because you can, that's her name. You can post it to whichever Instagram account you want. I will share it with all of my 50 followers. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I mean, this could just be coincidence, but our our listenership dropped significantly after that first episode. So, you know, you could bring in a lot of people. Good. I think it's also that we did a started a podcast at a time when people no longer had commutes. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> true. True. I'm just saying. Maybe Holland has yeah. got know, that. Totally. I am the glue the that keeps the audience together. Just kidding. I the Holland it's my brings all the search of the yard. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you guys for having me. Have a good rest of your evenings in the Midwest. We shall. You we too. shall well. indeed. Also, Wherever Holland. On the planet or universe you happen to be. Holland, let's hang out for for real over Zoom sometime soon. Yeah, let's let's have a um, I was gonna say wine and paint night, but minus the paint, which is really just let's just drink and get drunk. <laughs> Sounds great. I'm here Woo! for it. All right, you better drink Fireball. That's my only request. <laughs> we'll do. I'll buy it just for you. Yeah. All right. Farewell. Goodbye. Auf Wiedersehen. Oh yeah, we got we got a Ben. We got a shout to our international fans. Yes, we have fans. Four percent of our fans are in Germany, apparently. So, thanks for listening, our fans all the way in Germany. Yes, indeed. Thank you. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe, and thank you for listening all season. Which it looks like there's going to be one more episode in this season. Um, Oh, that's right. And we might actually split this one in two. We'll talk about it because this was two hours. I mean, our first episode was also two hours, but you edited it down to 120. Yeah, well, that's true. But I don't know that I can do that with this one. We'll see. Okay. Well, you let me know. We can have uh, part one and two. We're just that awesome. We can. Actually, we'll probably just keep it a part one because that's...
more of a pain in the ass and it's probably worth to split it into because there's not a natural point to split it into. I will defer to you as our our producer. As our producer. That means that I get to script all the bad stuff. Dun, dun, dun. But yes, <laughs> thank you for listening to the final actual episode. Come back when we talk about the them yelling at each other on couches. Buckle, Buckle up. up. <laughs>